Welcome to the OC Mobility as a Service podcast, a new Osborne Clark podcast looking at the legal and wider issues in Mobility as a Service, or MAS. I am Jeremy Godley, and today I'm joined by my colleague Thomas Funker. Thomas is the co-head of Osborne Clark's international competition practice, and he works from both Cologne and Brussels. Today we are going to look at competition law and how it affects MAS. It's a really interesting topic with some twists and turns that you might not expect in this space. Thomas. Well, thank you, Jeremy. It's true, competition law can make an excellent contribution to make mass a reality. It can help you create business opportunities, but it also requires you to be compliant. So whether the glass is half full, well, I guess it's a matter of perspective. That sounds very exciting. Thanks, Thomas. So let's presume just for now that the glass is half full. I like to start the podcast in an optimistic note. What's the good news then about competition law for participants in mass ecosystems? Well, for somebody looking at business opportunities, competition law can help you obtain what mass will often require, and that is access to data and interoperability. Let me give you a few examples. If you want to provide mobility-related services, you will need to connect the user with the actual transport operator and the transport infrastructure. So if you're creating an app for multimodal transportation, you want access to timetable information. Or if you want to combine different ride-sharing services, you need interoperability. And if you're looking to interact with the motoring consumer, then access to the in-vehicle screen will help you greatly. Competition law can mandate that key infrastructure or essential, essential information is made available if that is necessary to promote innovation, competition, or sustainability objectives. Now, don't get me wrong, that is not supposed to imply that everyone would get a free ride, but incumbents must sometimes allow access against a license on fair, reasonable, and non-discriminatory terms. So a fee is sometimes payable, but access is a possibility. Take repair and maintenance information for motor vehicles, for example. EU law mandates that this data should be available for independent operators, such as repairers or roadside assistance providers. The European Commission is currently reforming its type approval rules and the block exemption regulation to ensure appropriate access for information that will be essential in the mobility of the future. Very interesting. So it looks as though the European Commission is really taking on an active role in keeping these digital markets open. Yes, that's entirely true. The European Commission recently proposed a Digital Markets Act, which would subject particularly powerful companies to particularly strict rules. That legislative process is still underway, but data access and interoperability are really high on the agenda. Germany has already amended its competition statute, and we see similar initiatives across several EU member states just now, as well as in the UK. Great. So there are tangible legislative developments, both at EU level and in individual jurisdictions, to ensure access to data. So should everyone within the mass ecosystem, all the transport operators, the platform developers, service providers, should they all be sharing their data with each other? Would you say that's where competition law is pushing us? <laughs> well, n not quite. An, an obligation to license information or an obligation to make infrastructure available really exists where a company is dominant. 
If there is no real alternative to using certain data or infrastructure, then chances are that third parties are entitled to use it. Again, not for free, but against a, a, a license fee on fair, reasonable and non-discriminatory terms. Um, for example, when the competition authorities allowed the creation of Toll Collect, which is a joint venture for the collection of motorway tolls that commercial vehicles must pay in Germany, the competition authority has required that the toll collect hardware remains open to third-party software applications. Right, so it's more likely there'll be obligations to share data when one of the parties in a mass ecosystem has a dominant market share. Thinking about this from a different perspective, would you say there are any risks in data sharing? Yes, um, absolutely. In fact, competitors may not normally exchange sensitive data. So if one competitor told the other one in confidence that it was going to increase prices, that might encourage the recipient of that information to increase its prices as well. That would impede price competition to the detriment of the customer and is almost as bad as forming a cartel would be. So when dealing with competitors, antitrust compliance is really important. You want to have a compliance program in place which explains what you may or may not discuss, for example, at trade association meetings or conferences. It's funny that because in a mass setting, it's actually sometimes quite difficult to tell friend from foe. In many ways, mass is about pooling resources to create shared mobility opportunities. Do you feel that the competition authorities genuinely understand that in this context? <laughs> well, on behalf of our clients, we're, we're trying to help them understand the notion of co-opetition, which implies that there can be a mix between uh, competition and cooperation, which is necessary to foster innovation. Companies might be cooperating in one area, but compete in another. Or you see one company that's firmly established in one market looking to enter another. So as companies seize these opportunities in our ever-changing world, they should continue to check whether they remain compliant, not least as the relevant rules are currently under review, including the EU horizontal guidelines or the EU vertical restraints block exemption with its guidelines on dual distribution, where your distributor may also be your competitor. So that requires a particular compliance effort. Let me give you another example. Uh, right now, the European Commission is looking at ride hailing services to see whether uh, it actually impedes competition that two different Uber drivers, both wanting to take you from A to B, uh, charge the same rates. Does that mean that they're competitors and restricting competition? Some economists argue that gig economy workers within the same system are not competitors, but complements, and that this is an employment law issue rather than a competition law matter. And some of our listeners may find it well worth responding to this ongoing consultation that the European Commission has initiated. That makes a lot of sense. So the interaction of mass with competition law can be quite a complex area, especially the analysis needed to assess who your friends and foes are in competition law terms. Tell me, wouldn't it just be easier then for comp competitors in a mass setting to merge and to simplify where this is possible? Sometimes that might be the case, uh, but bear in mind that corporate transactions may need to be notified to and cleared by competition authorities. In the UK, 
merger filings are voluntary. So it's a slightly different tradition that, that you're coming from, but merger filings are mandatory in many other parts of the world. A recent example from the Mars space uh, concerns uh, the combination of the car sharing services of BMW and Daimler, uh, the creation of, of ShareNow. They needed the European Commission to bless their union. And they only received that blessing after offering substantial commitments. The commission, uh, when clearing the merger, directed Daimler and BMW to offer a remedy package for Vienna and five cities in Germany. Um, BMW and Daimler um, were also uh, obliged to allow third-party integrator apps to display the Daimler or BMW vehicles and uh, Daimler and BMW were required to open up the platform Movell uh, to present and to any future car sharing rivals. So once again, it, it's back to interoperability and data access, which I think is where we started this, this podcast. Of course, during COVID, car sharing services um, had a, a, a bumpy ride and we'll see to which extent they will eventually rebound. But uh, I certainly look forward to using them again. And uh, clearly, we all look forward to sunnier days when COVID will be history and we will all enjoy mobility once again. Thank you, Thomas. That's been a really interesting journey through some really quite fascinating issues in competition law um, and, and how they affect the new trends that we're seeing in mobility and in particular maths. I think, as you say, once the pandemic recedes and we begin to move on from it, new ways of organising transport and offering it are really going to come to the foreground, especially as people's working and leisure patterns have shifted over the last year. I expect we'll see many of these competition law issues becoming really prevalent as mass models become more important after the COVID pandemic. Thank you very much everyone for listening.